2: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P. Welcome to Playful Podcast, your guide into the underground scene where we discover topics on kink and electronic music every week. Don't forget to subscribe to not miss out on our next episode. We are here today with Andreas Tamsen, better known as Tam. Tam is a Berlin-based DDM producer who just started his own label, Drilled. He creates techno that is as raw and dirty as it is clean. His hair set has... Of today almost two and a half million views, and he is praised for his dystopian creations. In our conversation, we speak about his journey up until today, with not coming from a musical background and starting when he thought he was too old to become a DJ. We also speak about his process as well as how he finds inspiration. Let's get into it. I am Amanda and this is Playful Podcast. You were off last weekend, as you yeah, we just yeah. talked about. And you had a wild one. You know how to go all in. Yeah,
3: I know how to party. Yeah, exactly. That's also how I came into music. Like, I was just going to clubs a lot. Ah, Like, really a lot.
1: Like, from what age?
3: um, I think it was when I moved out. uh, Moved into this uh, hospital. It was an abandoned hospital that has a company behind it that just uh, let people live there, rent out the rooms. In Berlin? In Berlin, yeah, in Lichtenberg to just have the building um, functional still if they want to use it for something else in the future. Because otherwise, if you just keep it empty, maybe people will occupy it and it will get destroyed by that or something.
1: Like a squat. squat. Yeah, kind of. Yeah.
3: So that was really fun because uh, there were a lot of different people living there, a lot of people also from Sisyphos. And uh, yeah, so meeting all those people there uh, came to go to clubs in Berlin, like all over Berlin actually.
1: What year was this?
3: <coughs> Might be 2013.
1: 13, yeah. So yeah,
3: it's already close to 10 years ago. And yeah, they also set up uh, in, the, in the yard, they set up like this DJ booth when I mean, the weather was nice. It was a big tum- come together. And after that, we went to maybe Sisyphos because a lot of people uh, were working there. And I was quite young still, so it was hard to get in all the other clubs because I was below 21. Oh yeah. And at that age, can be kind of difficult if you don't have the connections. And I didn't have any connections at that point. So mm. I went but with them and yeah. then, yeah, I went to different clubs all the time. And some journey ended in Birkheim. And that was for me kind of the first contact was dark and hard techno, which is more like harsh industrial sounds. And yeah, that uh, was for me kind of a switch happening there and I went to Birken every weekend and the first weeks was also like okay I just came with, a, with the same clothes than last weekend to the same time like okay 11 in the morning I had this college jacket this jeans I would try it like that
1: so and, they recognized you
3: yeah I just went to, for, the, uh, for the same time and it was the same bouncer also there and it just let me in all the time I just went alone because I was afraid to bring friends and then they won't let me in or something mm. so I just did it like that
1: a strategy.
3: Yeah, it was my yeah. strategy because I wanted to be part of that now. Yeah. I was there once and now then I decided, okay, I need to be part of this scene. This is what I want to do.
1: Ah, okay. And did you produce your, oh, like, did you DJ at this time as well? Yeah,
3: not, not, uh, not at that time. At that time, I was just, just standing by and watching DJs. Like, okay, that looks super nice, but um, I would like to, to do it, but I felt like too old to do it mm. because i'm already like close to 21 at that point and like <laughs>
1: that's so stupid yeah i
3: know i know but, it's just how, it's, how it's, i grew it's, up i yeah, I think, no, you know? yeah.
1: it's, it's so how i'm
3: educated in school also is that you have maybe you have to be 24 uh you have a master master degree already maybe 10 years of experience in your work field everything like together i was kind of in this educational myself. bubble yeah, awesome.
1: no, it's it's really. I think it's shifting a little bit nowadays compared to to like five years ago. Even yeah,
3: back then it was like the worst to have a gap in your in your uh, limbs. Love mm. in your lifetime before your exactly. resume, you know,
1: in your resume, yeah. in your
3: resume exactly. Mm. And I mean nowadays, you can just. Tell them, okay, it took a year off because I want to do this. I want to do that. And this could be a nice thing. Yeah, exactly. Nowadays, it could it's be just beneficial shifted even. completely. It's like beneficial for sure.
1: Yeah. But you, because you don't come from a musical background then.
3: No, not at all. No, not at and all. And your family
1: don't play instruments or like?
3: There was like nothing in my whole childhood that didn't have any connection with that. Mm. I think the only connection was in school. I mean, yeah, I remember I had to do this rap track for music lessons in school. And I was the worst, like for rapping. (laughs) I tried to keep the time when recording and I was so bad in that. I was just completely lost. No, I was like, okay, fuck, I can't do this. And at that point, a friend of mine who was already like doing hip hop music, he had to rap. So he was doing my part and I just tried to fit in to his his voice I had on my head, you know, like actually like SingStar or something like karaoke. <laughs> karaoke yeah, so exactly. I could listen to his voice and just try to follow it. It was super, super messy.
1: Did you get a bad grade?
3: Uh, not really. It was a good grade because yeah. my friend was like hip hop producer <laughs> already. So it was easy for him to just fix everything. But
1: did you it was about hilarious.
3: Uh, I don't know. I just tried to be efficient. Yeah, I would say. But um, did some, it like cross the line? Yeah, to be efficient. So,
1: yeah,
3: I mean, if i if i cheat like writing a a small sheet for 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 like an exam or anything doing the small sheet already helped me to remember the things i need to uh, need uh, to know for the exam yeah exactly so so But i mean i for sure i did it
1: but so you started practicing with going out and partying a lot before. And now, this weekend, you were off. You didn't yeah. work.
3: And it was really time for that. It was super nice to meet my friends again because usually I work on the weekends and they're working during the week. Mm. And there's not, sh- not such times to be, like, together for more than 10, 12 hours. Yeah. And this weekend, it was like, okay, we have to do this. Let's go wild. You had fun, now, Yeah, it was amazing.
1: Yeah. Uh, I even met you there. Uh, but... What, 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 did you, what did you enjoy them most?
3: Yeah, I think the funniest thing is, I mean, I'm like a, more the hard techno guy. Mm-hmm. But I think my favorite floor was always in Birkhand at some point was Panorama Bar. Because like the vibe is a lot different from what I do for work. So I can maybe, yeah, it's easier for me to, to like get in the party mood and not to listen too much about what the DJ is doing anymore. Because it's not what I do for a living now. It's different. So for me the best thing this weekend was I think floor plan at Panorama. It really was great. amazing.
1: But oh do you think that you like uh turn the brain the work brain on when you listen to harder music? Yeah, I mean it's or? it's at
3: least for me it's difficult to take it off mm. when I listen to techno. But when I try to get into the party, I enjoy more to listen to something else for the party.
1: Yeah, so you relax more then.
3: Yeah, also when I recognize a track, it's like distracting me. I don't like that.
1: I've heard this before. I think it's really like, I can I can get it. But yeah, for someone who don't produce music, it's like, But do you miss <coughs> to go to, to listen to techno and to just be able to like let go and not put on the work mind or?
3: Yeah, I, I think so a bit. But that's also a part of me because uh, when I go to play gigs or something, I'm completely sober. Yeah. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I even don't smoke cigarettes on those weekends. Oh, ah, yeah that's only for partying and yeah because of that it feels sometimes okay i lose my initial connection Mm. to why i'm doing this because i'm only doing this sober thing like jetting to the gig going to the gig sleep before sleep after going to the airport go to the next club like there's not much connection to the initial idea of my of me why i'm doing this
1: yeah were you always have you always been
3: sober i know in the beginning for sure not
1: <laughs> For sure. <No. laughs> can you yeah, I mean, tell me about also it? when I, also yeah. when
3: I play in Berlin, I, mostly I'm not sober because I'm already here. So there's mm. not much travel in between or something. But I think if you have like two or three gigs in a row, it's not possible to do it otherwise. Or maybe some people can do it. I cannot because I don't enjoy to be hungover at the airport or something.
1: Yeah. because oh,
3: if something goes wrong, then like okay, your flight is canceled.
2: Mm. You're
3: already in a super shitty mood. I mean, you're close to like uh, having a breakdown or something. Like, okay, fuck, I don't know what to do. I'm lost here. I will be stuck in maybe Munich. Happened to me three times this year to be overnight in another city because my flight is canceled. Mm, It's a super shitty situation.
1: It is for sure. And if you're
3: sober, you can handle it kind of because, okay, it's not too bad. Tomorrow I will be home, blah, blah, blah. But if you're completely hungover and maybe in a calm down situation or something, and then you realize, okay, you have to sleep three hours again in another hotel it takes f- first flights next morning, like six, seven in the morning, already to go back to Berlin. So another night is fucked. Can be too hard and too much sometimes. I guess.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, uh, that's intense. Yeah. But um, so you were off this weekend, but is that like I guess that's the first weekend in a long time.
3: Yeah, lose. I lost track at some point. I but I think uh, maybe in July I had the weekend off. Uh, ah, yeah. Summer was not that busy because I didn't play too much on big festivals. And I enjoyed that actually. So that was a nice summer for me. I could spend time with friends and everything. But I think it's like that maybe every three, four months, Mm -hmm. I will have kind of a weekend off, hopefully, in the future too.
1: Oh, you will take it off?
3: Yeah. My friend's a bit pushy with that. Yeah. That I have to take at least some uh, weekends off too.
1: I think that's a good thing. Yeah, Yeah, I think so too.
3: But also, it's the same. We just talked about how I grew up with, okay, you have to do this, you have to be like, 25 with master's degree and everything. So it's really hard for me. It's just if something is working out like my career right now, which is really nice, um, I'm anxious to miss out. So I don't like to take weekends off because I miss opportunities.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, a lot of DJs also say or artists and also bookers say it's uh, important to make you rare at some point. So you play only the good gigs or something, but... Ah, yeah. For me, it's really hard to decide. The good
1: ones are often or the, the bigger big ones. ones or, yeah, or, exactly.
3: Mm-hmm. Or do only the gigs you really want to do and not mm-hmm. uh, like random gigs in between. I mean, yeah, it's hard to decide for me right now.
1: Yeah, but uh, so last weekend you didn't take the weekend off, but it was actually canceled. And that's also yeah. something you, we, I don't know, it's not coro- due to Corona right now.
3: No, it's. Uh, I think it's just because the uh, economy is quite, quite difficult right now because people have less money. It's because of the yeah. also the Ukraine and the high energy prices, energy crisis, everything. Everything went super expensive. I mean, Birkheim this weekend was 25 euro entrance okay. fee. Um, when I went there the first time was 12. Oh,
1: like less than
3: half. That's crazy. Ten
1: years ago, or even that was longer, ten years
3: ago. Yeah, yeah I think 2013 then. Yeah. And also, the drinks prices, everything is more expensive. The people have less money, so they will go to less parties.
1: But even, even four years ago, it was 15 euros.
3: Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah, it's so I mean, it was rising so fast during the pandemic. Mm, yeah. Everything was from one point to another was 20 euros at uh, entrance fee at least. Yeah. And then they just kept it. I mean, the energy is super expensive. And to heat a big building like Berkheim and also may- maybe Trezor, RSO might be super expensive and it will be a hard winter for all the clubs Mm, yeah so i can see that it has to be more expensive maybe at some point yeah but also if the people have less money they can't go to every party anymore
1: and so small clubs have to like cancel and did your gig get canceled like just a few days before you were gonna do it or what i was like
3: i think it was like three four weeks before Oh, okay. And they actually, it was not due to, to that. It was due to, they lost uh, the the venue. That happens quite a lot outside of of, uh, of, Germany, I would say. Like also in Paris, it's a common thing that they want to do off location in a warehouse or something. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, the police keeps track on this warehouse now. We can't use it or oh, something okay. like that. And sometimes you just don't have the perfect contract with the owner of the venue and then you can't do it anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I had this thing with another club in Belgium where it was kind of surprising because the owner just had a double booking of events for the same day in January. So they were like, okay, um, you just uploaded a different event for the day I am supposed to play. And that was was weird. I mean, for me, it's fine because I have the day before in the same city I had a, a new option to play. And then I was like, okay, then let's just do this.
1: Yeah, but no I worries, hear a lot but of... It's
3: weird. Yeah, so. it is weird because I hear and a lot unprofessional. Of, And I'm professional. And it actually was a professional club. It's uh, also a well-known club. It's weird.
1: Yeah, it's really a different kind of uh, work you do. It's not really... You don't, you don't play by the same rules and so you don't have the same security net as many other professions do.
3: Yeah, that's also a problem, I think. In my, in my case also, that's why I don't like to take weekends off. I mean, exactly. I like also what I do. Yeah. I have so much fun playing. So... Yeah, let's just fill my calendar as much as possible and at yeah. some point I will just uh let my booker know okay maybe I need a break now. Yeah. But right now it's not the time for that. Somehow. And now you have uh, And I just had a weekend off so maybe I can work 4 months now and then <laughs> let's see. That's the That's the spirit. Yeah. That's the spirit,
1: <laughs> yeah. But how do you think the, or do you think this is going to affect the whole scene in large, the economy or like?
3: I have the feeling that uh, maybe smaller clubs will have a hard time now and a lot of smaller promoters. Mm -hmm. Because it's hard to keep track because people will just go to the biggest and best events maybe. Ah, Because if you go to less parties, you pick the biggest and best ones maybe. I would would do it like that. I would choose like, okay, this one looks like it will be a good party. I have only the money to go to one party this month so I will choose this.
1: Exactly. That's I mean true. that's a
3: pity because uh, it's getting less diverse than mm. all in all probably.
1: Yeah. Definitely. <coughs> yeah that's super super sad. But, but
3: on the other hand to that the whole scene is growing a lot so maybe that can help to balance this a bit. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff happening everywhere.
1: It's so much happening so, within the, the techno scene.
3: Yeah, like it's yeah, really
1: being also some people complain that it's being commercialized or like yeah uh,
3: a bit for sure if you look at the biggest festivals right now and compare the Tomorrowland lineup from five years ago to today I mean I had this small conversation about that with Perk he got a request I think four or five years ago to play Tomorrowland and he was like no way I will do that but nowadays everyone's just playing there Yeah, it's like doesn't matter anymore and Why I mean that's that's that a perfect sign for Commercialization, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Why do you think that is though? Is it because it's now approved, like, or do you think mm -hmm. it's because, like, let's just take. It's just.
3: I think this this um border between, like the, yeah, the border between commercial and not commercial is like, Um, it's blurry, blurry right now. Yeah, yeah, it's not like you can't you can't really say this is completely commercial or this not, because both is like morphing into each other right now.
1: Yeah. So like, but if you look at like, there are some uh, uh, rules or like ground rules within the techno community or like within these clubs, for example, Tresor or Burkheim that you cannot be a, a homophobic you, or a fascist or you know, these things. Yeah, Do like you think the values of the techno values. actually. Exactly, the values of te- techno. Do you think they will be also blurred if it gets mm. too commercialized In i some think way or? compared
3: to like 30 years ago mm. these values are already more um accepted or more arrived they arrive more in our society at all yeah so i think maybe they are not in the focus of techno too much anymore but they're already in our society way more rooted so i think everywhere you have like a techno scene growing these values are still up front they're still there But for us being in this more commercial type of uh, techno scene, I would say, Mm. or this bigger type of techno scene, they're already in the society a bit Mm. more. That's the difference. So maybe we don't focus too much on the values because they are everywhere already compared to 30 years ago, for sure. Yeah, That's why maybe it seems to be less political in the techno scene, but it isn't because it's just everywhere right now. You see also like cancel culture, everything. I mean, it's not only happening in like the techno scene happening everywhere
1: yeah but to focus more on you so you were like 21 when you did you get your first set of turntables then or how did it start like
3: um yes i said um i had the problem that i thought i'm too old and at some after party my friends convinced me that i'm not too old and i should just start to make music to play music
1: did you have a feeling that you would be good at it
3: I don't. I didn't know. I just oh. wanted to do it. I really wanted to do it so badly, and I was like, okay, but everyone else is already like maybe sixteen and already good in that, and I'm just starting here with uh, my, yeah, my my twenty-one age here, and yeah, they convinced me, and I just bought uh, some ancient technique, the CDJ three hundred fifty, and it's just the ones where the ancient. screen. Yeah, what? it's like ancient, really. <laughs> that's really funny because. Yeah. The screen looks like the first Game Boy screen. Yeah. Like two colors, super slow. If you try to light, uh, load up in USB, like 2 GB, it takes like 10 minutes to load your library. It's crazy. But yeah, I just started to play with them. And then I just do it, did it on a daily basis. And also like try to, to, to uh, get mixes done, to yeah, get to know people, to upload podcasts for them and stuff like that. I mean, the start is really hard. Because it's hard to get to know, okay, I can do a podcast here, I can do that there. Yeah. And how it works, you also you have no idea how it works, actually, in the beginning. So I didn't have much videos on YouTube, how to do this, how to do that. That's a new thing mm. that just happened in the last five years, I would say. Yeah. That you can just, like, Google everything, how to sound like parallax or something. And there's, like, three videos popping up explaining what you have to do then. <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> that is
1: weird, Yeah. But uh, then how was your first gig? Well, like
3: Yeah, my first gig was also via vitamin B. So I just knew some people throwing a party at Humboldt Hein. And at some point they just uh, invited me to play as a clothing slot, which was really nice for me because, okay, finally I can play in front of people, but I was super, super nervous. Yeah. And before me, I was playing uh, Oliver Deutschmann, and he drank a full bottle of vodka and I, didn't had, I never made this transition from one DJ to another. I didn't know how it worked. I just saw it in the clubs. And he was like, okay, man, you're here already. That's good. I go to pee. And his track was still on. And I was like, okay, fuck. Hopefully he's back in time. So I can just start from the beginning and don't have to do anything. I'm like, okay. That was." Uh,
1: what happened? Did he ar- come back he, in, he time in time? He arrived in time.
3: But <laughs> I was like, okay, man. He's, he's drinking a full bottle of vodka and I'm like super nervously standing next to him.
1: You were sober? Okay,
3: I was uh, not, not really sober, but kind of sober. More than him? <laughs> yeah, more than him, for sure.
1: <laughs> How did it go?
3: It was, it was fun, actually. Mm-hmm. It was cool. I mean, I didn't fuck up the mix at all, but it was just like mixing one track in another. So it, from our perspective, it wasn't too hard anyway. But it was okay.
1: Was it a time where you decided like... I, I'm going to invest my all in this
3: like yeah I was devoted completely to that time. from, from, from when, I, when, when I decided to start, I just did everything like every day I devoted my whole time, my whole free time to do this now.
1: Oh, what did you work with on the side?
3: Yeah I was a student uh, for economic engineering and'm I'm still, a, I'm still uh, at the university today. actually ten today years later. 10 years later <laughs> because they it seems like they don't care how long I'm like, applying every year.
1: There must be something in German.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just the technical <laughs> university is so big that they don't care. They just get the money and that's it. But I mean, I didn't do anything for the university in the last three, four years anymore. It's just cheaper for my insurance, to be honest. <laughs> Perfect. And I mean, I get, a, I get a ticket for like student ticket for B4G, for the uh, public transport. Oh my. Which is super easy. A lot of perks. Yeah, and also I get educational uh, reduced prices for everything. Yeah. Because if you like like buy software for for music production, it's might be 50, 70% off because yeah. it's educational. Like
1: Ableton has students, yeah, exactly. And All yeah. of the
3: stuff. So I just try to apply as long as possible.
1: You're gonna stay <laughs> for like 50 years.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean a friend of mine is also doing this for a really long time. He just never finished his master thesis. Like for me, I never finished my bachelor thesis. And he's maybe 30 or 35 semesters already, applying he has a full job now,
1: yeah,
3: and no one cares. So Life hack.: Kind of.
1: yeah.
3: You <laughs> should try it. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: should, probably, yeah. but uh, did was there ever uh, like an artist that brought you along, like who was a bit bigger and more famous, who brought you along, like under your arm a little bit, and like sh- a mentor or something? Exactly. No, not really. No, no, not you really. You never
3: had that. I had, to, I had a really clear idea of what I want to do and how I want to play in the beginning. And I just focused on that. And it still didn't change too much.
1: Who who are your role models then, like in that sense?
3: I mean, I have kind of role models like SNTS, for example, was a role model for a long time. But uh, right now also my, my sound switched a bit. So so it's hard to really have a new role model directly because uh, I try to be not too much influenced. Um, that's a decision I also made this year after, after I split up with the crew of Lebendig and everything, just to focus on myself, because if I have too much influences, I start to question myself too much, and I mm-hmm. don't like that. No. because the people in techno they really like to talk about, okay, is this is the right sound, that's, uh, not, that's not the right sound.:
1: this is the There thing. is no
3: such thing like that. You might like this.: Yeah, you might not like that, but it's always subjective.
1: Yeah, I know I already told you this, but when I was in writing school, we were sitting like in a circle and giving each other feedback and writing school, it was not good for my writing like
3: yeah exactly that's what i had also i got
1: so confused and i start to question where i want to go and people say like you should do like this or you should do like that and you should in this I, oh this makes me think that you are the character is uh, turning into uh, this kind of person and then i'm like oh maybe then it is and in the end i had a piece that i was like not not at all proud of yeah like, it didn't, i didn't i
3: didn't finish any track for like two years in this period it was uh, yeah. right after corona happened like the pandemic situation started with the lockdowns and everything Mm. And I spent way too much time with, with the people of my professional surrounding, mm. I would say. And yeah, they changed their sound so much and tried to, to keep me with them sound-wise. And I didn't feel it. Um, at that point, okay, I just had the feeling, okay, it's forbidden to use this or that element for tracks now because it's not cool anymore or something. And at some point I just decided, no. Why why do I try to limit myself so much for something I don't really feel? So then I just started to, or stopped to have too much contact with them, which for me feels really good because now I'm actually quite happy with everything I'm doing and I am so much fun playing and doing music. I mean, since, since the last six months, I think I finished like six or seven tracks. I have a track upcoming on our label again, a track for Perk Tracks, which was for me a super nice goal. To be on Perk tracks because it's one of the legendary labels stands for quality and he i sent him one track to perk he asked me i sent him one track and he was like okay this one's good let's take it oh, and i was my. like okay super nice crazy and the same was with our label i mean i sent them like two three tracks and they were like okay we can't decide so what do you think and yeah i'm super happy to finally be back on track it feels like being back on track yeah. production wise and you're easy, nice.
1: you even started your own label, Thriller. yeah also
3: yeah, the, the release was like one week ago from uh, yeah. of the first uh, vinyl,
1: so like two weeks ago from the release of this or three, two or three weeks no, ago it was uh
3: 20, 28th or something, so yeah ah, yeah this is the, out um yeah. like in one, two weeks, two, three weeks, yeah, exactly, yeah, it's also that like, been? yeah it, actually, it was kind of easy to set up a label because I had maybe I had the reputation already to be. Are able to work directly with Triple Vision. They are distributors, and they did also the production. So, so I just did the artwork and the tracks.
1: Who did the artwork?
3: Now uh, that was my girlfriend. Oh, she's amazing! Anna. Yeah, I love nice. It. I
1: just saw it the first time today. Actually, yeah. I was like, "Who oh, this is?" Is she yeah. like
3: a? Uh, she's designer actually. Yeah,
1: designer and
3: for um, I think it's more like graphic design or product. Yeah, like digital design. And she's doing it also, she's an, she's an agency, just doing it for, I think right now it's for a bicycle brand. And the other thing was, ah, I can't remember, but before that was also pharmacy, so it's widely spread. <laughs> so a, not as uh,
1: fun as what she's helping you with.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she was really up to that and really happy to do something like this in between.
1: Oh, that's perfect. It's also so nice to work with someone who knows you well. and who Yeah, knows, because it was
3: super easy, actually. Yeah. Actually, she she just had a look in my um, in my wardrobe, and was looking for which colors I was aiming from. And then there was this kind of blue, washed out uh, kind of, like what you're wearing, beige. Yeah, kind of also what (laughs) I'm wearing right now. These like these colors. Yeah. And okay, maybe we should use that for the for the cover. And also, I didn't want to go black or something because I wanted to have it special. Mm, And I think yeah, yeah, I think the result is special. Very special and uh, yeah. Cool design.
1: Also so fun to do a collab with your partner yeah
3: it's like super easy that way no yeah and it's i think it's the cheapest collab it's <laughs>
1: the cheapest and yeah. also the like because if you you never know if you hire someone who you have never met or if you only met a couple of times you never it's, know it's
3: always difficult especially if you want to start something mm. to have like a design agency to work with and try to explain what you want to have it's a problem we have with sign out all the time like finding the right way yeah. for for how to uh, for the lookout in the end exactly. where you want to go and some
1: People so can
3: it's not easy to find a good designer who really
1: reads your mind reads
3: your mind exactly no,
1: for true, sure, for sure, but um when it, how has it been then like when did you decide to start driller, and how has the process looked like
3: yeah it was actually it was uh, right after I decided to split up with my old crew and I had the feeling of um, the need to be independent more, to not be, like, not having to listen to other people when I want to do a track or release a track anymore. And I had the feeling it was the right point. Also, SPF DJ, um, and I have a good connection, actually. And she, I, I was talking to her in Kiev, I think, at this um, K41 club. She was playing there, and actually I had a gig on Friday, but my flight back got cancelled, so I was staying until Monday. So I was up to go to this club on, on Sunday. And there we had a really long talk where she was convincing me also that this w- would be a nice idea for me at this point as an artist to start your own label. And this idea grew. I, I think it was last year in June. Yeah, it was last year in June. And yeah, from that point on, I just tried to, okay, how, how do I do this? I had no idea. So just contacted friends of mine, okay, who already like put out vinyls from time to time. And they connected me to, to Triple Vision. And Triple Vision made it for me really easy. Because as I said, I just had to send the tracks, the the name, had to do like a little deposit and the artwork. And then they just advised me on, okay, how much records and everything. So that was kind of easy in the end. And do right now, the thing I'm a bit uh, afraid of is like doing the taxes for that. Because now I have this Bandcamp page with digital sales and vinyl sales. It's a And lot. it's like, okay, Fuck. That will be a kind of work.
1: Hopefully the page can like do some of the work for you.
3: Yeah, I think, but, but I think it's all like uh, every sale is one invoice
1: oh in the end. No. I'm
3: not sure. I'm really not sure how it's working they there. They
1: should solve that if so.
3: Yeah, and I, I should have f- read it before maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not that type, you know? I, when, I, when I wanted to start to DJ, I just bought something, mm. even though I didn't know if it's for me in the end or not. I just started. It's like the same with the label. It's kind of kind of my in my person already that I just start things because I want to start it, and then I just focus on that.
1: Yeah, and you also released uh, your EP Mm -hmm. now, last week. Yeah, yeah. How was the process of that? Like, how how do you work in the studio from like entering the studio until finished product?
3: Yeah, back for that for that EP it was still different because all the tracks I made in the studio. Where I was still with the other with the other with the rest of the crew. Mm. Um so was with this tracks I went to the studio and did it there, but from from one point to another I decided okay, it might be better to be at home because in the studio you have this kind of pressure that you plan to go there. Like it's it's too much planned. You go there and you have to do something great because you already made the effort to go there.
1: Was and it really far also the studio? Yeah, it
3: was forty five minutes. Oh, it's okay. way too long. Yeah. I mean, it was a nice studio we had, but it was way too long. So now I have just everything in my living room. So now I'm just getting up, getting a coffee and go to my desk. And if, something, if nothing great comes out directly, uh, I don't care because I didn't make the effort and just can switch to another task I have to do.
1: So that's another life of yours then?
3: Yeah, definitely. It made it so much easier. <laughs> and I'm so much faster also with doing music. Sometimes I'm just okay at start a new idea, sketch it down and then, and then I just do something else because uh, maybe three hours is enough of making music constantly for me sometimes oh, yeah. I don't like to work like 10-12 hours I need a break in between because otherwise I, I don't I do not do the step back and see if I still like it in like an hour or two hours later
1: so close after yeah
3: li- I need like I need a break like okay I just but have lunch that's a short break yeah I know <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a very short break that's why break.
3: I also can I can do tracks in like three days sometimes because then i can say okay i like no the idea nice. I, I like the idea it happens super rarely to be honest yeah, okay. right now it happens more because i'm so happy with the new style of sound i'm doing mm. because it's more partyish and like more okay but there are hip-hop vocals in it there's like acid lines in it i didn't use that at all before so for me it's like a fresh field i'm just joining in before that I was way more industrial way more dark and now I try to maybe keep it more partyish because everything else is already so dark around us sometimes. The world so, is yeah, dark. Exactly. Kind of some light. And all this dark sound I did was still in this situation where everything around us seems good. Mm. Because it was also like closely before Corona and everything. And I think for our generation, there was nothing that affected our lives at all until Corona. Everything was super far away from me because I grew up in the 90s, to early 2000s. There was, not, there was nothing bad happening to us all the time. There was no we fear at all, yeah. really. And right now this changed. And also for me, my mindset changed a bit. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to write the soundtrack to the apocalypse anymore. <laughs> I want to yeah, maybe write the soundtrack for proper escapism. Yeah. Maybe that. I mean, that's also something right now happening everywhere. People don't watch the news anymore because they can't change anything. And they're just, like, putting themselves in, like, a bad mood. It's by overwhelming. Watching the mute. Yeah, it's though, crazy. Like, we
1: have so much. We're updated with all areas of the world within seconds or, like, yeah. minutes. You have this live
3: ticker going on with the war and everything. And just, yeah. I mean, it's important to, to keep track. But you shouldn't drive yourself mad with that, I think. Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, it's a hard balance we yeah. have to do there.
1: So, do you watch news then?
3: I just started again to keep track a bit, <laughs> yeah. but I had at least like six or eight weeks where I just like to try to, yeah, get my head out of that for a mm. while Did to feel better. And I, yeah, also for me, I mean, it's a privileged situation to say that. And I think I just needed that because I was like keeping track, I was helping with uh, solidarity stuff, um, everything, but I had didn't have the feeling I can change too much of mm. everything in the world. And it just puts me in a really bad mood right now. Yeah. And I have like total fear of the future and everything. And then I decided to at least take a break for a while. Because otherwise, yeah, uh, also my creativity, everything was, was uh, going away from that. Like yeah, you, you, getting less. Yeah, also motivation scared, to work, everything. That's it, Because you don't have the feeling that in like two or three years, everything is still still there, which is crazy. Especially when you come from a childhood where everything was protected.
1: Yeah, you get, like, petrified.
3: I mean, I didn't even start about climate change or something. I mean, that's the next thing that really keeps you in fear. Yeah. And if you just keep track on that so much, everything in your life will, like, yeah, will be hard to do with this in mind all the time.
1: Definitely. You get uh, paralyzed. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but did you notice any difference when you were having a news detox?
3: Yeah, for sure. Actually, yeah. After a few weeks, I was really like just doing my thing. I could focus on myself again and just work a lot, party more, uh, meeting friends again. I was generally in a better mood, which is, Mm -hmm. yeah, also privileged to say that. Definitely. And I know that, I know that.
1: Yeah, but it's still, it's it's... Privileged, but at the same time, you cannot bring anything new to the world if you're paralyzed and lay in. No, in for sure
3: not. So you don't have the energy to, no. to do something. And after after coming back now, I have the feeling okay. Maybe we can work on that. Or you yeah. can try to influence, we have an influence like or have to make a difference.
1: Yeah, and we need art yeah. so much when the world is looking, turning to shit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it's, uh, yeah, maybe not so bad. If you would, like, be able to say something to the younger you, mm-hmm. like 10 years ago, when you were new, what would that be?
3: Yeah, maybe it's like uh, not listening to others too much and just do your thing, because mm-hmm. it took me a while to figure that out. And I think that's the most important thing, to keep keep your own voice like you want it to be, focus you on your own vision and being independent. Mm. Especially in the beginning, it's I think it's super hard when you're a young artist to focus on yourself because there's maybe so much benefits from, from working with others at that point. Like, okay, you play at label nights or something, but if you lose track of yourself while, while you're doing that, mm. it's not worth it in the end. Yeah, Like all the big names you have right now, they started their thing. Like devis One, for example, is like, it's the best example to point out that he just wanted to do that, so he threw raves, he did everything for for this, what he wants to achieve, like, for his vision. I think that's the most important thing to keep track of.
1: Yeah, like, how was your <laughs> role? You were a student, but then when could you only focus on music, or when could you, like, afford to As it actually, I mean,
3: I started the Sinoid party with Christopher and everything, so I did so many collaborations all the time <laughs> that I I had the feeling this was it was really hard to just focus on what I'm do I want to do. So have right now, if it's not, it might be not uh, not completely right. But right now is the first moment I really feel like I can do whatever I want, and I just can focus on that what I want. So that's yeah, that's a bit a bit weird because I'm already here for like seven eight years.
1: Yeah, but you have been having worked like jobs on the side then before.
3: Um, Let me think about, yeah, I was working in bars and stuff uh, as a runner. Uh, Like all these shitty small jobs that no one likes to do. (laughs) And yeah, I did a lot of that until I was able to like live from from playing.
1: Yeah. What's your big goal now, would you say?
3: To be able to live from playing in like five or ten years too. (laughs) Just being here still. Doing the exact same thing and still being happy with it. I think that's the most important thing.
1: So you don't have like... Uh, you're more so focusing on the day-to-day life, it sounds like, or?
3: Yeah, kind of, for sure. I mean, I have, I have, maybe I have like a to-do list for some stuff. There's also stuff on the to-do list I didn't do for like month, <laughs> So it's just like growing, but I like this little achievements. Like sometimes I finish something, I can make a, make a cross there, okay, this is finished, that feels good. But most of the time I just... I just try to live from week to week or maybe from month to month.
1: But do you celebrate your wins?
3: Yeah, I mean kinda. Maybe not not as much as I should. But I was for example, I was partying the whole weekend after my release. <laughs> so yeah, kind of. There was a good surprise <laughs> from
1: a cancelled gig
3: though. Yeah, definitely. It was otherwise
1: it <laughs> and been some
3: Yeah, it was disappear. it was perfect. Also two friends of mine had birthday, so it was like just okay. Perfect sign. Okay, well, let's let's have a party, <laughs> which is funny because for my girlfriend's birthday I'm never off, oh. and also for my best friend's birthday, he's like fourth of September or something, and I'm never there, <laughs> really never. And then just okay, random birthday of like a close friend, I'm here. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was was funny.
1: Do you bring her with you then, so you can like be with her
3: for for gigs or something? For a birthday. Actually, it's uh, a cyanide weekender for uh, the anniversary weekend. It's always in February. It's always on her birthday. So I'm in Berlin anyway. Okay. So at That's least, good. At least that.
1: Yeah. How much is being a natural and how much is uh, hard work when it comes to your music?
3: Mm, I think everything was for me. Once I started, it was not too hard to get into DJing, for example. DJing was always quite easy for me to to get in. And also from the beginning on, I had the feeling um, I have maybe a musical instinct or something to choose the right tracks to play, um, to make it fit and work out in a proper way. Um, for production-wise, it was kind of hard for me to get in because I didn't have any clue. I didn't know like a basic drum pattern back then. It was like completely from zero. So... I'm not sure how much like natural I am for pr- on the production side because it took me also like six, seven years to get to, to products or like to tracks I really like. So for the DJing side, I would say there's like kind of a natural instinct I have, and for the production, I think it was more hard work to get to the point I'm happy with my tracks right now.
1: Yeah, and now you have one of your her sets. It's like two point five million. Euros. Yeah, it's crazy. How was that for you?
3: I mean, playing that set, I went out of the booth and I just said, please delete it because there was this problem with the CDJ in the middle where they even turned the, the screen black and everything because one CDJ just just decided to switch off. And that was the CDJ where my USB was in and everything was linked to this USB. How can so it even switch
1: off? Was there no... I have no
3: electric. idea. Hmm. I mean, it was even... It wasn't... It was uh, Back then it was the CDJs of Müller, so it was not even the... the the uh, the problem was the, the mistake of the her guys was from our side and probably, <laughs> but I was so mad leaving the booth after that because everything before went so well and after that I was always anxious for the second half that it happens again while playing because you don't know, and yeah I I mean that this, that this one has so many views might be also the situation because Chris Muller was in the focus of media because Chris Muller was about to close. Then uh, her was quite new. And after, like two months later, everything everything was w- going to lockdown. So it came to this perfect moment to do this her set. It might be also a good set, but yeah. also everything else came together to make it grow. And if I think you have, at some point, you have maybe a certain amount of viewers, then it's just growing, I think. Mm. So, yeah, I try, you see, I'm a modest person. I try to find explanations for this because it's so crazy that it has Maybe 2.5. It was an okay set. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 2.5 million sounds really crazy for me. So it is crazy. I just tried always to explain it like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you were happy they didn't delete it after all.
3: Yeah, also, <laughs> also it's kind of rude, no? Since they didn't d- delete it <laughs> when I asked them to.
1: Maybe they didn't
3: hear you. <laughs> um, if I remember it right, they tried to convince me not to Yeah. after that. So that it's still an okay set and everything and... Yeah, uh, luckily they didn't. Yeah, luckily the they didn't. <laughs> because sure. also, I think a lot of people got to know me through this set in the end. Because it's like, yeah. if you start to listen techno on YouTube, there's always like at some point popping up this her stream.
1: It is always there.
3: Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's also actually what my father shows to his neighbors when they when they talk about what his son is doing. Yeah, look here, there's a stream of my son playing music. <laughs>
1: I mean, so he's
3: he's kind of proud, isn't of he? Of
1: course, <laughs> he should be with all rights. But so now you are not into the that hurts, it is more so dystopian, uh, and now you're doing more so. Actually, that
3: herset—that's that. the funny thing. That is the sound I'm aiming for again, kind of. I guess ah, because that—that w- that that is I'm before confusing.
1: the one with the. Um,
3: no uh, the one with the blue surrounding. Ah, is with yeah, with I'm like two point five million plays, and it's kind of ravey.
1: And the other one is the more. The other one is more
3: like this. Starting dystopic, like soft yeah. and it's like. Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay, I'm confusing them, but yeah, all right. So you're going going
3: back. To I, have, I have the feeling like it's backlash because,
2: mm.
3: I think a lot of the, the stuff in between is also influenced from other sides, because I was influenced by my professional surrounding a lot more, and this ravey. I think maybe it was also the trend that this ravey sound is not like that popular anymore and. I was also f- into trying out something new, and right now I'm like, yeah, but I like like the sound also so much, so I want to go back a bit to that. I mean, I didn't do uh, at some point. I also had to release on space tracks, which is super ravey, and maybe I can. Uh, yeah, I mean, you always change as yeah. an artist. I get at, after two years doing the same sound, I can get bored and just do something else. And if Beautiful. you look at, yeah. uh, for example, Schlomo or SNTS they always change their sound. It's like never like something steady. No. I don't like that idea of that being steady also. Maybe a few artists who keep it like that. And it's also fine if they they are happy with that. That's cool. But I like to uh, explore doing something new, to experiment with other sounds. I think it's important also to grow.
1: To evolve. Yeah, definitely. And also... it, uh, it. what you create is affected by so many things. What you're saying, the, yes, the You're always a product situation. of your
3: surrounding, always. always. Everything is influential for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, but okay. that's also
3: what I don't like about uh, this typical techno speech. Like, okay, this guy is not uh, true to himself because he changed his sound. But if he's happy with that, yeah. maybe he stays true to himself because he changed his sound. Maybe that's that's it's staying true to yourself t- also. I mean, there's, there's two sides of doing that.
1: It's also this, what you said before with opinions. It's like, yeah. you shouldn't listen to that, but just do your thing. Exactly. And yeah, then you will.
3: That's also what uh, Shlomo exa- uh, was telling me that mm. before a party in Barcelona, we had the artist dinner together. And he gets so many messages about, okay, we want the old Shlomo bags, the deep Shlomo and stuff. And he's just super happy with, with what he's doing now. So... Who are you to judge that, Yeah, you know? That's not your your decision to make. Definitely. And that's something everyone should keep in mind.
1: Pro tip.
3: I think so. <laughs>
1: Definitely. <laughs> but if you ever feel uninspired, is there any way for you to get inspiration?
3: Mm, that's it. like you're always a product of your surroundings, mm. so if you are in a creative surrounding, like I I just start to listen to movie soundtracks, for example, for me, just tiny sounds uh, or like tiny rhythms or maybe repetitive melodies like Hans Zimmer is using or something can just be the initial idea for a full track because techno is super repetitive. So uh, repetitive. Yeah, that's the right word. Um, So maybe you can, I just start with that idea then. Maybe I got from maybe movie soundtrack, maybe something else. And then I just go with the flow. And usually I, l- I use or I lose this uh, initial idea on the way there already. So the finished product will be completely something else. But just as a start, such things can help. Mm. So
1: What films are you inspired by?
3: I mean, one of the uh, best soundtracks for me this year was uh, Dune. This was just crazy nice. With this FM industrial synth leads, with uh, the singer in the background and everything, it was super nice and super also like super like inspiring for okay use like this lead industrial sounds or use this maybe because sometimes the techno you just build like a drum pattern and you just need to add uh, like let's do like three things and you have a track kind of already going on. I mean techno is quite simple and it's always best to keep it simple also because it works for DJs way better so tiny things like that can be like inspiration enough already to do a track the rest is like your motivation I think I mean it's just like building it and to start from zero is always hard with doing a track because you have this blank sheet of paper in front of you so you have to put a lot of stuff on it and then decide what to use, what not to use. Go with the flow, trial error, everything. And then at some point you have the sort of initial idea of the track and start to like paint it out, and then then it's done, like that always.
1: Boom! That's the insta clip. <laughs> 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 that was so good. But to not lose track, you speaking of June. do
3: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I'm like, I know that you released something like the Are you soundtrack on
3: Driller. Yeah. The second EP on Driller will be by Konstantinos. He's a guy from, I think, Leon. And he sent me some music uh, a while ago. And he told me already that it's played by SNTS, Nine Times Nine, Shlomo, all the big names. And yeah, I listened to that, was looking for new artists for my label also because was, it was kind of difficult for me to find the right persons because most of them have maybe released on other big labels and I didn't want to have too much relations to other labels at that point already. And then I was listening to his tracks and I think it was a third track or something. And there was a singer of Dune sampled and it was already one of my favorite soundtracks. So this was kind of a sign for me to like, say, okay, let's do something here. So we decided to have four tracks of him on vinyl to be out next year. And I was I was super happy of that with that because... I play his track as an intro, I play his track as an outro, I play this Dune track in my sets all the time. It's the best sign for me that this artist might be the right person to do the next EP. And that was really cool for me to find him like that. And I was wondering that all the big names who play their stuff already, they didn't decide to like, sign him for the label. And I was like, okay, lucky me, let's do it.
1: Yeah, I mean crazy though that it was yeah. an open way for you or like yeah
3: also that he sampled that i mean it was like four weeks after i watched the movie in the cinema and i was like still listening to the soundtrack like once a week and super nice and i just recognized that directly like okay june vibes here i need this that was super cool
1: but speaking of that also what are you looking for for the people who would like to send you
3: yeah it's difficult i think Every, uh, since, uh, since I started produ- uh, producing music myself, I always did it for, to make it fit into my sets I play, because I always see myself mainly as DJ, because also that was easier for me, as I explained already, it was easier to DJ than to produce music. And yeah, it just uh, has to fit to my, to my style in the sets, and that's a wide, wide variety, I would say. Right now I play some also like some uh, ghetto house kind of tracks, mixed with hard techno and also acid stuff and like okay there's a lot going on I think it's just a certain energy I'm looking for to play it in my sets because my sets are always like merging together with a lot of tracks creating like this flow and the tracks itself they have to have this flow and this energy already Mm -hmm. to make this work and for for him it was all four tracks having this energy already the energy I'm looking for I can't describe it no. like, yeah, it's just like that. And here's this, and I can see it, it's there so or it's, it's a not feeling there. You get when you're yeah, exactly. it,
1: so yeah. Do you have anyone helping you with this or it has it's only your decision in your label?
3: I think it's more or less only my decision. Yeah. I didn't share it also with too many other artists. Sometimes I, I ask, uh, probably, it, yeah, sometimes maybe I ask my girlfriend what she thinks about this track. Because she's like a not DJ, not artist, just consument. you know. Then, okay, what do you think? Also, when I produce, I just show it to her usually.
1: That is a great... Because you have
3: someone outside of your artistic bubble, which is even nicer to have the opinion of sometimes. Because if you just ask maybe DJs and artists, they will just tell you the same thing over and over and maybe they are not into the sound or something. It's like not completely objective... If this would work for maybe a party or something, so or, or so is it's interesting or something? I don't know.
1: They're distorted by so many other. Yeah, opinions. their influence
3: already is too much yeah. by everything, and also by by their own music.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there is this one comment on one of your her sets that is one someone writing that your sets are as clean as they are dirty. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on that?
3: I mean. For sure, it sounds at some point dirty because all the tracks I play together are initial, each track on its own is kind of dirty already because this is the hard techno kind of sound I play. And I, I mean, you wouldn't say this about Klein Künstler or SNTS or Slomo or something. It always sounds kind of that because there's so much mud in it to make it work already as a track itself. But I'm happy they pointed out clean too because that means that the beat matching and the, the queuing you do while DJing the actual job I'm doing is still good. So I'm happy he pointed out clean too.
0: It's either this or it's that. This is this or that.
1: Bad breath or smelling sweat?
3: (laughs) That's so hard. It's both like disgusting. (laughs) I think bad breath it's is, is the better option here because you can at least like turn your head away or something if it's bad sweat it's just everywhere <laughs> maybe it's that
1: but also in clubs it's a lot of the
3: yeah, second one but in the clubs you don't smell anything anymore at some point I think because only the worst worst, the worst Yeah, okay. sometimes it's like yeah. yeah okay I get that
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay spirituality or atheism atheism German or American hip-hop
3: that's difficult, but I grew up with more uh, German hip hop, actually German rap. Even and though it's it's like not uh, well reputated anymore. <laughs>
1: but that's what you would pick today. I
3: think so. Yeah, still. That's your home. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> early mornings or late nights.
3: Uh, during the week, early mornings. On the weekends, late nights.
1: Beyonce or Rihanna.
3: I would say Beyonce, maybe. <laughs>
1: Yeah?
3: Yeah. Uh, nature or big city? Um, for living big city, for the rest, nature.
1: You're a nature guy. Yeah,
3: like, actually, <laughs> I live in a big city already, so it makes total sense for vacation not to go to another big city. So I wouldn't go to vacation to New York or something mm. or to, uh, to Amsterdam. I would prefer to go maybe on a seaside or something where I'm a bit more separate from everything, from my usual life. Mm. So... I like vacation to be quiet.
1: Okay, alone time in studio or together with others?
3: Yeah, alone time.
1: Alone time. Yeah. You already did the other thing.
3: Yes, exactly. <laughs> I tried both and this works better for me.
1: Maybe change, who knows? Uh, reality shows or documentaries?
3: Uh, documentaries. I'm Doc- really into documentaries, actually. Yeah, which uh, ones do you watch? Actually, for me, the uh, most calming thing is to watch like, about Scandinavia, or something in the north, like something where it's cold but beautiful, Norwegian, something like that.
1: Oh, it's really documentaries about nature. Yes, yeah. So it's nature shows. You yeah, are a nature like, guy. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> you watch animal, animal shows like polar bears and these things?
3: Yeah, it can also be like that. But also, like people living there, uh, going fishing every day, have this completely, op- completely different life from my life. It's just for me so calming, and I'm always thinking like, okay, that would have been a nice decision to do that too, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's also it.
3: I mean, it's, it seems also boring from from one perspective, but they're mostly they're so satisfied with their just daily job and their beautiful new nu- nature around. They maybe look at mountains and stuff, and yeah, uh, I think it's also like a something I miss maybe in my life, or not really miss, but it's like the complete opposite. That's why I'm admiring that.
1: Yeah. Do you think it's especially good when you're hungover?
3: Yes, definitely. It's another thing. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Documentaries are the best Mm -hmm. when you are hungover. I think for me, for the German uh, guys who listen to this, for me, the hero of my after parties back then of my hangovers was Dirk Steffens, this guy from ZDF, from the German second TV. Because he did like every week new documentaries and, yeah. Perfect. Like okay, you saved my hangover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, kids or animals?
3: Animals. That's easy.
1: <laughs> you don't have any kids in your family, like siblings, yeah, my, my children, or?
3: I have two siblings, and also my older sister has two two kids already. I have oh, two nephews. <laughs> I think she knows already that I don't okay. want to ki- want kids or anything because I don't think it fits to my my plan for no, life.
1: but you don't like them.
3: I like them. Okay. I like kids, my, my, at least my sister's kids. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to kids. I have oh. kids by myself. You know, it's like I really don't want to go th- down that road. I would say.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Club Mate or gin tonic?
3: I drank too much gin tonic uh, when I was younger already, so it's Club Mate. <laughs>
1: Do you drink Klomate when you play often?
3: Mm, not too much, because uh, I don't drink too much with coffee in because otherwise I can't sleep after the gig yeah. and I want to sleep directly after the gig usually. So yeah. it's just water and alcohol-free beer right now, which feels like being a granddad at some point.
1: Ah, well. your The rest of your life doesn't look like it. No, no. no <laughs> That's persons. a good thing.
3: Like, okay, there's a okay. balance oh. is, is back there.
1: Yeah, open for all or strict door policy
3: I think it's important to have a strict door policy to make it open for all inside Mm. otherwise you don't feel like well in a safe space anymore so it's important to have a strict door policy
1: yes awesome (laughs) boom This was it for Playful Podcast this week, but please follow, subscribe and listen to our next episode. And if you want to have a say about future artists or even ask your own question to one of our guests, follow us on Instagram and make sure to add your question when we lift our coming guests. Thank you so much for joining and see you next
2: week. Hold up. What was that?